0: Hi, it's Rob here. I just wanted to record for you a little pre-intro. I don't normally do this, but I thought it was important to set the scene because if there's anyone I've interviewed on The Disruptive Entrepreneur where I've literally been hounded the most to let this episode out of the bag, it's this one. I've had hundreds of messages saying, when are you interviewing Michael? When are you launching The Michael Podcast? When's Michael Gerber coming out? In fact, people who I've interviewed, some of the big celebrities around the world, have been begging me, when's the interview with Michael coming out? Joe Volante, who won The Apprentice, who I interviewed, is like, when are you launching the Michael Gerber podcast? So there's been a bit of pressure for me to get this out. Michael Gerber is 81 years old, and he speaks like he's 40 years old, and he's, he's got these dream and his legacy still burning inside him like he's 21 years old. And he's been a very difficult man to track down because he's so successful. I think he's changed the lives of more entrepreneurs than I think anybody possibly has. And I had to respect his time. Therefore, I wasn't able to get, you know, a couple of hours or an hour like maybe I might have done before. So I was able to get six questions. And so wanted to really choose those questions very wisely. I took two that you asked in the community. So your question might have been asked if you submitted that. So keep your ears out for that. I wanted to talk about legacy because obviously that's some, one of the biggest subjects that Michael Gerber has been discussing for the last, what, half a century. I love his answer about work-life balance. I totally agree with him. He went on a full-on rant about this. It's a brilliant answer. It's probably going to scare and shock you a bit. It will certainly make you wake up, but I think it's a great answer, so you're going to love that. He really let rip on that. He talks about systems. He answers the question, oh, what does disruptive mean? He's got a great answer to that. So whilst maybe a little bit shorter than some of the interviews I've done, pure gold get yourself a coffee sit down relax and enjoy welcome to the disruptive entrepreneur podcast this is rob moore here i feel in a very privileged position right now if you'd been with me just over 10 years ago when mark and i started our first real company when i say real one that grew beyond us and actually made some money uh, we sat down, and you can hear him in the background there. Um, you should be excited about this. We sat down, and i just read a book, and this book changed my life. I can honestly say that because I'd worked as an artist and a pub landlord, and I'd worked trying to be an architect. They're typically working hard, 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 but, you know, not getting anywhere. And then we'd set up Progressive Property and we were in my tiny little sort of dining room, which wasn't big enough to have a dining table in it. And we had a couple of IKEA chairs and tables and, you know, Progressive Property had started. And Mark and I were back to back in this tiny little dingy room. And we had a, 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 like a, um, a cork pin board. And on there we, pro- we wrote our company name, Progressive Property, and we pinned on there things to remember. And I just read this book, and it said about working on your business, not in your business, which I didn't understand then. And it was talking about having an org chart and creating your future version of your company and mapping it all out. And I went on, I'd read the book, and I went to Mark really excited. We thought that when our company was at its biggest point, when we could sell it for millions, there'd be 14 staff. And so we did the sort of um, hierarchy, and it was CEO Robin Mark head of design, Rob, head of marketing, Rob, head of sales, Rob, assistant to sales, Rob, and then head of property, (laughs) Mark, head of property, buying, Mark, head of accounts, Mark, head of finance, Mark, PA to Mark, Mark. And it was like, just Rob a Mark in all of the um, roles. But I remember in reading the book that you you should start with the end in mind of your org chart. And then slowly but surely, we picked them off one by one. And now, what, um, this year, I think we did 16 million pounds, in our business so when there was a good exchange rate that was like 30 million dollars not so much now and uh, that was all thanks to the book The E-Myth by Michael Gerber and I cannot tell you I'd be thinking I'd be doing a a podcast episode where I'd be interviewing him personally so I'm really privileged to say welcome to the one and only Michael Gerber. Michael how are you? Hi
1: Rob. That's a wonderful, wonderful story. And I have to say to you, and this this might sound terribly arrogant, but it's not that at all. I hear these stories again and again and again and again. And I just love these stories because you become so much of an exemplar for all of those guys out there struggling, 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 and not understanding why they are struggling so hard. And yeah, that's why I wrote that book and the 28 E-Myth books that followed it. Wow, you've written 28 books on one subject. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's actually on the entire subject of life and business and enterprise. And of course, the books are endless until recently. And recently is the last E-Myth book.
0: A lot of the questions that people sent in to me, Michael, if I could collate into one general question, is around if anyone can be an entrepreneur. So just set the scene quickly for you. There's, you know, different personality types. Maybe people have higher and lower risk thresholds. Maybe some people have a a lot of family overhead and it's kind of, you know, they perceive it as more difficult for them to leave their job. Some people think that being an entrepreneur is born. Other people think it's learned. So you've taught probably more entrepreneurs than most people living on this planet. What do you think about being an entrepreneur? Can anyone be one? Should anyone be one?
1: Everybody who's listening to me right now can absolutely know for absolute certain that there is an entrepreneur in every solitary person on the face of this earth. Unfortunately, they've never been introduced to him or her. I'm going to introduce you to the entrepreneur within you. And that's where the platform, the foundation for NuCo begins, by penetrating into the personality of that entrepreneur, which is really four very distinct people. And I define those as the dreamer, the thinker, the storyteller, and the leader. An entrepreneur is a dreamer, a thinker, a storyteller and a leader, those capabilities, those skills may not come naturally to each and every one of us, but with a little bit of prodding, with a little bit of inspiration, with a little bit of education, with a little bit of training and coaching and mentoring, I can absolutely guarantee everybody who's listening to me that there's an entrepreneur awaiting that awakening moment. And that's what we have done in what I call the new dreaming room. In the new dreaming room, we awaken the entrepreneur within. The dreamer, the thinker, the storyteller, the leader. The dreamer has a dream. The thinker has a vision. The storyteller has a purpose, and the leader has a mission. Okay, so if I was being selfish
0: myself here listening in and I only had one question for you. I'd want to ask you about legacy. Now, to me, legacy is such an important word, but I think a lot of people, they don't really know what it means. It's so vast. And if I could put five questions into one, sorry to be a bit greedy, what does legacy mean to you? What is your legacy? When did your legacy start? Does everyone have a legacy and can you choose your own legacy?
1: I'm now asking myself the question after 80 and a half years on the planet, what am I gonna leave behind? And so key to this new enterprise that we're launching, this beyond the E-Myth enterprise we're launching, is this, every life a legacy, every small business a school. We don't have a choice about whether we leave a legacy or not. Every single human being on Earth leaves a legacy. The only question is, what is it? And so understand, you're already going to lead a legacy. What you've done in your life is your legacy. The question then becomes, are you going to settle for that? Well, I don't think so. So I'm saying to everybody on the phone, you've got a choice, a choice about the legacy you're going to leave behind. You've got a choice about whether you internalize what I'm sharing with you. So I'm saying to choose your legacy, then you elect to discover a dream, a vision, a purpose, and a mission which in fact serves the legacy you're choosing. And the legacy I'm suggesting each of us have been brought to Earth to choose is to make a huge difference in the world. So how do we make a huge difference in the world? I discover my dream, my vision, my purpose, and my mission. So let me just share with you briefly, Rob, What my dream was in 1977 when I started this whole thing. And I started it when I formed the Michael Thomas Corporation. I was Michael, he was Thomas. The Michael Thomas Corporation was what we called a business development firm. And the dream we had was to transform the state of small business worldwide." End quote. The vision we had was to invent the McDonald's of small business consulting. And the mission we had was to invent what we called the business development system, the artificial intelligence necessary for us to be able to provide a novice coach, a novice consultant with the ability to do what? Transform the state of their client companies worldwide. Without knowing anything about business, all they had to do was master the system we developed for them. So you got that, a dream, a vision, a purpose, and a mission. That's been the underlying platform for every bit of work we have done with the over 100,000 clients we've delivered this to in 145 countries that's taught in 140, 118, I'm sorry, universities, colleges, throughout the world, taught at MIT, it's taught at Harvard, it's taught at Stanford, it's taught, I mean, on and on and on. All of that is the product of that process, the dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission. I've had some questions come in from my community and one of them, and
0: I get this a lot, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your answer, because I think there's always some people out there that think that their industry or their niche can't be systemized. And I've had a question from Paul McDonald, which says, does he believe the principles can be applied in any industry and in an industry with vast range of complex variables? So he's in plumbing, plumber's merchant. He's studied your methods, but he's finding your methods hard to apply in his business, which he wants to systemize. So what could you say to
1: Paul? I'll give you the perfect example. When they fired Steve Jobs from Apple, and the board of directors fired Steve Jobs from Apple. They fired him because they felt he didn't have the best interest of the shareholders and the company at heart. They were stuck at Apple II, the most successful product, obviously, and you're familiar with it, and you're familiar with it, with Apple II, Apple II, with Wozniak. and Effectively, They then went about doing the impossible. They got to the point where they had lost, in one year, $1 billion. And crawling back to Jobs, they invited him to come back in and run the company. Steve Jobs trashed Apple II and launched the iMac. The difference between Apple II and the iMac is a point of view, and the point of view that bred the iMac was completely contradictory, the point of view that bred Apple II. The shift from losing a billion a year to becoming the most successful enterprise on the planet is the shift in the way you think. So your plumber has to understand it's not the problem of plumbing that makes it so difficult. It's the problem in the way he thinks. So I'm going to change the way he thinks by awakening the new entrepreneur within him, by awakening Steve Jobs within him so that he can begin to discover what's missing in this picture, which is the big Entrepreneurial question of all time. Work-life balance is something
0: everyone talks about, and to me, I think it's a, a little bit of a myth or seen the wrong way. But I'd love your takes on your take on it. So, what do you think about work-life balance?
1: What you know? What, what, give us a rant on that. It's just it's just bullshit. It's just it's just stuff that infomarketers keep talking about. It's just that people get keep themselves busy talking about because their life is so out of balance. So effectively, somebody's life is out of balance, so all they talk about is getting balance. And I'm essentially saying that no great human being on Earth ever had balance in his life. I'm sure Einstein didn't. I'm sure Ray Kroc didn't. I'm sure Steve Jobs didn't. I'm sure every single extraordinary person on the face of the planet didn't. I'm sure, in fact, being able to understand it and completely express it in a living way is essentially the... Antithesis of balance. It is something we don't understand. So it's just a stupid conversation. And I'm sorry, Rob, I don't mean to say that you're stupid by raising that conversation. I'm saying it simply isn't something to aim for. Why would somebody wish to aim for balance? What is balance going to provide them? What is balance going to teach them? What does balance even mean? It's a complete unknown and so being here is whatever one might think of as balance and then there's somebody who'll teach you yoga and there's somebody to teach you to become a, a black belt in taekwondo and there's somebody who'll teach you how to improve your sexuality and then there's somebody who'll teach you how to have a relationship and then all this crap they just keep on stuffing our faces with i'm saying it's just all that just crap so understand, life balance is only in that moment when we are completely present. And because none of us have ever achieved complete presence, except on rare, rare moments that we didn't create ourselves, but were blessed with, it's a foolish thing to pursue. You've described, in one word, you've described the most out-of-balance experience anybody could ever have. I'm in love. Ah! Yeah, yeah. Right? Better I'd not be in love, I'd go back and be in balance. So, please, it's just absolutely insidious in this me generation about all of these tellers telling you, Your life needs to be in balance, and why in the world are they telling you that? To sell you what they're going to do to get your life in balance. But here's a very interesting thing. Today we have how many coaches on the planet? It's about an $11 billion industry. And yet, with all of the coaches, with all of the psychologists, and so forth and so on, The world has never been more confused than it is today.
0: How how do we solve that then? Was your answer to solving the what what you're effectively saying is too much information or too many people telling you what to do?
1: I'm saying you're going to discover it inside. Nobody can tell you what it is. All that I can do is to help you to find it yourself. So when we think and we elect a president, as we did just over here in the States, um, and believe that he's going to make everything OK, we're, 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 we're just living in, in, in blindness. He is not. There's only one person who's going to create well-being, in quotes. There's only one person who's gonna create balance, in quotes. There's only one person who's gonna create wealth, in quotes. There's only one person who's gonna find what it is that moves him or her to truly love the life they lead, and that person is you. It's up to you. It's all up to you. All I can do is to provide you with a process to discover it.
0: Michael, every successful entrepreneur I've ever met Become friends with and interviewed is very well read, especially in the non fiction personal development business world, if you like. And we've all got our seminal books Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People, your book, The E Myth, and all the series that you've written. If I could challenge you to give a book recommendation that you think would uh, really make a big difference to us listening, but it's completely different and maybe isn't the kind of book that
1: most people have recommended before. Yeah, there is. Well, there are a lot of them, but. Let me give you just one, which I believe is the greatest book I've ever read. The name of the book is "I Am That," and it wasn't written. It's actually a transcription of interviews between the gentleman whose name is on the book. His name is was Sri S R I, second name Nizar Gadatta, N I S A R G A. T-T-A, and his last name, Maharaj, M-A-H-A-R-A-J. Sreen is a Gadata Maharaj. He was a wise man in India, and the book are simply transcriptions of the conversations between him and individuals who came to meet him from around the world—literally, individuals who came to meet him from around the world. Truly a Wise Man, it's the most extraordinary book I've ever read. I advise everybody to read it because it will awaken a new view of what it means to be human and in the process enable you to relate to all of these great questions that every one of us could be asking if in fact we stopped to ask them.
0: Absolutely spectacular book. The title of this podcast is The Disruptive Entrepreneur. And I have a feeling I'm going to get a disruptive answer from you on this, Michael. I'm really looking forward to this one. So I ask every one of my guests, what does the word disruptive mean to you? So, Michael, what does the word disruptive mean to you? What is a disruptive
1: entrepreneur? What is being disruptive? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. It means being the chief aggravator. I'm the chief aggravator. That's what they call me in my company. I'm the chief activator. I just piss everybody off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's,
0: that's the point. <laughs> I don't want to keep you, but I do would love you to tell us when your book is launching. Just remind us
1: where we can get it. Yes, absolutely. www.beyondemith.com. Go there and you'll be able to get a free preview of the book and then you can buy it at Amazon. Michael, I want to thank you very much for your time. You must be
0: busy with all the people you've helped across the globe. I don't want to keep you if you've got another interview. I just want to say thank you very much for your time.
1: You're a delight, Rob. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.